And one, two, three. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is September 29th. Fall is in the air. There's a oh. crisp out here in Cincinnati. We are moving on to week four of the NFL. How are you doing today? Good, sir. Doing well. It is a crispy over here as well. It just kind of it just comes like it, it's warm, it's warm, and then boom, you wake up and there's this beautiful crispness in the air. It, it is here. I love it. I want to say it's starting next week. We're going to go like 55 days straight with football because like action gets going. There's no break really outside of maybe a Tuesday here and there until like Thanksgiving. We're rocking and rolling. Fall, falls in full effect over here uh, for the Trophy Kids podcast. Yeah. What is definitely in effect is the London games. We have wire to wire football this week with the Falcons versus the London Jacksonville Jaguars at this point. They're staying over there for two weeks in a row. Games at three or is at three right now in the spread over under 43 and a half, 45 and a half. I apologize. 45 and a half. Lines also moved down to two. These numbers, I put them up last night. Lines are moving like crazy. This is a real good start to the podcast. How are we breaking down this London game? Oh, it is tough. I tell you, three straight weeks of London football. I am excited. I, I Three straight weeks of European football. I don't know if the third one's in London or not, but it probably is. Um, so, yeah, I am excited. Um, I, I don't feel confident going with Jacksonville. I'll tell you that much. They really let me down last week. I mean, they were they were seven and a half point favorites and then lose by 20. Um, so that is obviously concerning. Um, and, you know, I'm just... Last week really, really got to my head, I tell you. I think everything that could have gone wrong really went wrong for a lot of games. So, you know, I I, I lean these Atlanta Falcons. I, I don't like the Falcons, but I do like their ability to run the football, obviously. You know, hold on to the ball, not not give it give it to Jacksonville too much. So I, I like the Falcons here. Um, I don't even hate them on the money line, but, you know, I, I'd probably play it safe this week. Just go with the plus three there. I, I I think I think that's a pretty safe one. And you know, as long as it doesn't get down below three, even if it does, I'd still feel pretty good about it. I just I cannot trust Jacksonville right now. I, I don't know what to make of them. They're an interesting one because I am also with you. I, I don't really know. There's rumors that Doug might retake over play calling ability because things are sort of going a little sour. You look at them, they're fantastic on early downs. It's the later downs where they just all of a sudden go kaput in the brain. Um, they're dealing with some heavy drop rates right now, too, in the wide receiver room. I, I don't know. They, they, they need to get right on this London trip because you've got an opportunity to set things right with this Falcons team. The one problem I don't... The Falcons are... I, I don't know what Arthur Smith's doing because right now you clearly don't trust Desmond Ritter because you don't push the ball at all. You invest draft capital in guys like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, who you hardly ever target. So to me, that's like, I don't trust the guy when you got Tyler Heineke on the bench, who, while he is definitely a feast or famine quarterback, at least you have some option to pull it over the top. Here's one for you. Cause we talked about it last week and the Vikings may be open to a trade tramp trade opportunity here. The Falcons, Kirk Cousins, Falcons. This team immediately probably wins the NFC South. It is competing yeah. in the NFC this season. I feel like this is a trade you need to make because I I don't know what you got at quarterback. Yeah, and I don't hate the idea. I think the Vikings should be taking all calls on Kirk Cousins just to see what they could possibly get for him. I imagine, you know, teams are weird. They probably don't want to keep him in the NFC, which is dumb. It's not like Kirk Cousins is just going to, you know, just come back and dominate you. Um, but but so I could, you know, I see I see the Jets uh, being a better opportunity for Cousins, but uh, we already know Robert Sala is just – in love with Zach Wilson. Uh, we'll get to, we'll that. Get to that later, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't I don't hate that idea. I, I think that would instantly, you know, Kirk's gonna regardless whether whatever you think about him, he's gonna sling the ball around and he loves tight ends. He'll he'll hit Kyle Pitts all day long. Um so yeah I think that would be an awesome trade for them to at least look into. I don't disagree. All right, let's get to a matchup that people are definitely gonna be waiting for. It is prime time early in the day. Bills, Miami line is sitting at three right now over under 53 and a half. You get a Miami team that is as hot as can be putting up a good old 70 unit last week it was against the Broncos, but 70 points nonetheless in the NFL is insane. Um, you get a Bills team 
that looks a little different than we've gotten used to in the past. The offense is sort of starting to come back around, but it's definitely more methodical than it has been in years past. A defense that's starting to firm up a little bit. Competition hasn't been the best. Right. What do you make of this game? Because is this a spot where you're buying too high on the Dolphins? Are you buying too low on the Bills? Where are you kind of putting this one? It is a tough one because, you know, you go, you look at that Denver game against the Dolphins, you're just like, holy shit, like what, like what just happened? Like that was just absolutely crazy. But then, you know, you look at their first two games, which, you know, they won, but they were much closer games and not necessarily against the greatest opponents. Um, So that's just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind there. And then Buffalo, I mean, obviously, I I mean, I, I should be a little biased towards Buffalo right now after I just saw what they did to my own team. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, in all fairness, though, going into the fourth quarter, Buffalo only did have 16 points against my team. Um, it looked like there was a small chance. Um, and then they just absolutely just buried us. But I just... I love this Miami team. They're they're just so fun to watch. They're just so high flying. They did that last week without Jalen Waddle. I mean, it's just the the schemes they the the play calling they have. It's just so creative. Um, I I lean Buffalo here, but not sorry. I lean Miami here, but I, I do think there's something to be said for the Bills playing at home. I, I don't even know is it cold up there already? Probably. Getting um, a little so, probably on the chillier side. Yeah. It's probably a little chilly up there. I always give that advantage to the Bills. Uh, but just, you know, this is probably a little bit of recency bias, just of what I just saw the Dolphins do. But I I, I go me here. I, they're just so fast. And last year, they, you know, last year they were a lot of fun, but they had no running game. Right now, Raheem Mostert is the best running back in the NFL. So, like, I, I'm just going to lean Buffalo. Uh, gosh, I keep saying Buffalo. I'm going to lean Miami. Although, I do like what I saw from Buffalo. I'd love for them to see they need to get James Cook more involved he he is pretty involved now but they need to continue to get him involved because he is a stud uh so that that's a, that's my recommendation for the bills i 100 percent agree with that i'm actually surprised they haven't gotten him more involved like you said i i don't know what to make of this game because last week is really just destroying my brain and i don't want to have too much of recency bias like i am slightly concerned like how does this dolphins team look if they can't get into rhythm because the bills just have the ball for like 60 percent of the game because this it feels like the strategy for the bills most of the time is to be more kind of Let's eat some clock. Let's keep the make sure the defense isn't on the field a ton. Let's not be overly aggressive, especially after week one with Josh Allen. It's it's sort of come back down to earth. You've seen like his A dot and his intended air yards start to come way back down. Um, so I wonder about that, but Mike McDaniels is just in his back. The run game, a lot of people find running offenses boring. Go watch a Miami game. That shit that he is doing around the line, blocking schemes, motions, everything is wild, out of this world. Um, so I haven't done anything with the number. It's going to be an interesting one. I, I do wonder, too, I think, you know, when the Dolphins had to play some form of defense in the Patriots, we saw them be a little bit more human. Um, they still were very, very good. This is a very good offense. Um, not saying anything newsworthy there. Uh, but I do wonder because they're going to be eating a lot of the clock. I I may play a total here because I feel like this this total, the public could come in, start laying some money. We could see this thing start to inch up and up and up um, a little bit. And due to the 70 unit that they just dropped. So that might be something interesting, but I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on, on any investment in this game. Yeah, a game that is flying maybe a little bit too far under the radar. Ravens versus Browns. The line is set at, I just went completely out of order. Forget what I just said. We're going Steelers. I started scrolling down. I'm like, oh shit, we're on this game. <laughs> going Steelers, tech and Texans. I'm way out of order. My, my bad, folks. <laughs> Steelers, Texans. The line is set at three. Steelers are the favorite over under 41 and a half. Ugh. CJ Stroud has introduced himself to the league early. This is a guy that I thought as far as this quarterback class goes, was probably the most ready to step into the league, but I never envisioned he'd be doing what he's doing, especially with that wide receiver core that he's got down there in offensive line. We sort of talked about the cupboards bare. They are, they're playing fast and free right now down in Texas, but you've got a Steelers defense coming in. 
They're a different test for you. What do you make of this game? The performances you've seen, where are you at with this one? Yeah, Stroud has been awesome. And I was not, I mean, I knew he was, knew he was, you know, good in college and everything. I've just never really been a believer in Ohio State quarterbacks, which I know is kind of stupid, but it just, it doesn't ever really seem to work out for them because, I mean, they just have ridiculous wide receivers. They're just running wide open all game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stroud has been a monster. I mean, even, you know, the supporting cast around him has been way better than I had expected. Uh, Nico Collins playing great. Pittsburgh, I, I can't believe they're two and one. I don't think they're a very good team. Um, I don't, I, I don't know really what to make of them. I do think you know they have a good defense. Um, the running game there is just kind of, eh, it's okay. Um, you know, I like some of some of the weapons you know in the receiving core, but I don't know, man. This this is just a tough one. I I'm just kind of, I think Houston, believe it or not, is just. I know they're only one and two, but I, you know they're they're riding high after last week. I mean, I would take them on the plus three here personally. Um, Forty-one and a half that that's pretty accurate. I, I think it's it could be an ugly game. Um, kind of lean under that amount, but but regardless, I feel pretty decent about Houston. I, this is a hard one. I don't know. If it's I'm so gonna, hard. I'm gonna lay a wager. I, Matt Canada is the worst. Like he might be the worst offensive coordinator in the league. And so I have a very hard time now pulling the trigger on any Steelers bet for the most part in betting that side. CJ Stroud, he's seeing pressure at the seventh highest rate right now in the NFL, and he's still being very accurate with the ball. Um, his decision making is really good. Tank Dell, too. Talk about a surprise. That kid is sl- flying around. Um, I don't have a, a particular play in this game. Uh I don't know. I, I'm just staying away from it. It's one of those games where if you don't have to bet it, don't bet it, in my opinion. I don't have a good feel for those two teams just because I don't know what the Matt Canada offense is going to look like week to week. My prevailing theory is it's going to stink and it's going to be unimaginative. It's going to be watching. It's going to be like watching paint dry. We'll see. Yeah. Colts Rams line is at one and a half over under 45 and a half. Woo. That was... One of the more painful games to watch in the first half for Rams Bengals on Monday night. Holy hell was that bad. You get a Colts team. They're out here beating the Ravens, which I was surprised about. We'll talk about the Ravens in a little bit. Definitely surprised on that factor. The Rams offense has been humming a little bit better than I expected. Definitely yeah. ran into a roadblock with the Bengals. How do you make this game? Do you have a bet in this game? Where are you at with this? It's a tough one because I mean, if you look at the Rams' schedule, it's, it's been a tough first three games. I mean, it's, you know, Seattle, San Fran, Cincy. I mean, that that that's a tough road. And you look at the Colts and you're like, wait a minute, this team's two and one? You're like, holy shit. Like, I, I didn't even, like, realize that. But they are. I mean, they've had a bit more of a – bit more, I guess, of a, a cakewalk to start off the season. I mean, they beat the Ravens, which was obviously big. We don't even know what to make of Jacksonville anymore. So, I, I don't know, you know. Was that, I mean, losing to losing to them, did that matter? I mean, I don't know. Um, so I I don't really have much of a play here. I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of lean, lean Rams just because I, I just think they're a slightly more complete team. I hate their defense though. I, their pass defense, it, it's just, it's pathetic. Like that, I don't even remember. I think it was, it was either a third or a fourth down conversion for, for Cincy last game where Tyler Boyd just literally just, just like tr- just pretty much jogged and then turned left. And I mean, he's open by like seven yards on a key down. So, I mean, I still kind of lean the Rams, but this is probably a game that I will not be wagering. Cause I just don't know what to make of these teams. Yeah. I, I think it's, let's see where Anthony Richardson ends up being. I know he returned to practice this week. Let's see if he gets cleared to play. I think that changes the dynamic when you have a dynamic runner and passer, it changes what defenses have to do or can do um, to say the least. And this yeah. Rams defense is garbage. Um, they got nobody, but that's what happens when you sell out for a, a Super Bowl. which who is not selling out for a Super Bowl? If you, if you're telling me you're going to empty, empty the chamber, you're going to be in cap hell and draft hell, but you're going to get a Super Bowl. I think everybody's taking that at this point. Uh, maybe except for Patriots, fans, but your team just kind of did it. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, very much so. <laughs> except for we're 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 stupid enough not to realize that we're in a rebuild and still trying to win football games. Um, yes. <laughs> but if Anthony Richardson does get cleared, I think then it starts to to waver a little bit more to the Colts without him. Though, even though Gar- Gardner Benchu 
is a very serviceable backup, as we saw last year. He's a baller. He's kind of like a baker, and he'll fuck around and win you some games. He probably shouldn't. Um, But that's sort of the – I'm going to wait and see on that one. Um, Vikings Panthers over under 46 and a half. The Vikings continue to find ways to lose games. It's I, if you're a conspiracy theorist, maybe you go with their, their permanent, they're actually trying to tank for the Caleb Williams show. It would make sense. You've got young wide receiver core. You've got a new coach who's early into his career. He's a young, innovative guy. This is probably the last year of Kirk cousins, but man, how do you have any faith even against the Panthers? With this Vikings team, I I guess this is a spot they have to win a football game. But do you have a lot of confidence with that one? I mean, I don't have confidence, but compared to the Panthers, I, I mean, I have less confidence in the Panthers to be honest with you. I just think the Vikings—they're just too talented not to win this game. I I I really think so. <laughs> it sounds like Bryce Young is is back. I, I don't necessarily think at this point that's really good for Carolina. I'm going to be honest. Um, so I just think they're too talented. I think they finally get a win Four four scares me a little bit, but, but, um, I, I do. I just think they're too talented. I think Justin Jefferson is going to eat them alive this week. Um, so yeah, give me Minnesota, but uh, I mean, I, how can, how can you possibly like that? It is two teams combined. They're zero and six. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, Bryce Young was seeing pressure at the third highest rate in the NFL, and the Vikings blitzed at the first highest rate. Now, while they don't get home a lot, it's hard not to get home against this Panthers offensive line. So I think yeah. that rate is going to be jacked up a little bit. You know, Bryce Young made his bones at Alabama anticipating a lot more. And that was like his greatest attribute, sort of like a Drew Brees, where he could just see how it was developing before he even got close to developing and hit – the ball was out of his hand before the route even broke off type of deal. He's really going to have to do this this week. The problem is he has no wide receivers that can push it anywhere past five yards down the field. So it's a bunch of just kind of death by a thousand paper cuts. That's not going to do the trick because even though Vikings can't block a thing up front, Kirk Cousins is putting up some numbers, just not converting oh, yeah. wins. There's too much talent. I'm with you. I do like the Vikings. I also don't mind them at the four. It's a little bit high. I don't like anything out of a three, but I just, I make this game to be about a touchdown. I think, I think the numbers off on this one. Yep. Say the least. All right. Bucks saints line is three and a half over under 39 and a half. We saw Jameis Winston return to the NFL last week. The most unintentionally funny man the world has ever seen <laughs> going up against a Bucks team that just got spanked on national yeah. TV Monday yeah. night. They returned back to the mean, which you had been texting me in the group text and kind of pointed to it last week in our preview that this is, that was probably a spot where people returned to the mean. We certainly saw that, especially from an offensive side of the ball. I don't know why we were force feeding Topkins. Like he was a toddler. I mean, my God, what was that? Mike Evans apparently learned how to forget to catch, um, get some stick them on those gloves or something. while also having one of the nastiest one-handed catches <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, this- Literally caught it. And then just like his body just got pushed and he kept going for like three yards in the air. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Simple catches. No good. Insane. One-handed catches nails it. Um, yeah. We continue to run the ball at one of the highest rates in the NFL, even though we are successful at one of the lowest rates in the NFL. Go figure. Todd Bowles is your head coach. Um, how do you make this game? Because things are different from a Saints offensive standpoint, but from a defensive standpoint, still a pretty tough unit. Oh, yeah, for sure. The defense is what you really have to be worried about. I don't really worry about that that offense too much at all. I, you know, I, I think it's an... I have a hard time seeing the saints winning by more than three points. They might win, but I just, they don't score enough. And like, I like the under. Um, yeah. I, I just, I like your boys here at plus three and a half. You give me a hook there. I, I really like it. Um, one thing I do want to bring up, I think I might've brought this up. I brought this up like a year or two ago to you. I think Chris Godwin, he's he, the hype train started too early for him. Yeah, a little bit. I There are games where he gets some great matchups and he's fantastic, but then there are games where he just sort of disappears. And that's my problem. (laughs) Yeah, it should be. I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, 
this is my whole point though with the rebuild. It's like it's time to just tear, start shipping some pieces out. Let's fight for the number one pick. Godwin's gonna get some value in the market. Mike Evans, yeah. I all the from everything I've seen, it doesn't feel like we're re-signing him. Like it would have been nice yeah. for him to retire a buck, given he's gonna be a Hall of Famer and he's been won a Super Bowl with us and he was sort of one of those key pieces for getting this franchise turned around and even being in the lottery to get Tom Brady. Um, and he's been such an offensive force, but like it doesn't, we're not going to resign him. It doesn't appear. So like let's ship him off for picks and like, it, it's time to get this going, but we apparently don't want to do that. Um, I, I have concerns about the Bucks offensive line. It's bad on the interior yeah. side of it. Now, part of that is, is due to some injuries, but it's, it's not great. Um, I, I fear for what this Saints defense line can do. I don't. Ha- that's why I don't hate the under because we are clearly just going to run our heads into a brick wall with this running offense. Um, so it, it, this is going to be a tough game to watch, to say the least. I do like Carlton Davis. He's got full participation um, in practice. We'll see where Devin White ends up. The back end's a little banged up, which is not great for the Bucks. But we've got Jameis. He's good for a He's good for a couple picks in this game, probably. So for maybe, sure. maybe bet Jameis Winston's prop bet <laughs> on the picks. Uh, your commanders have got themselves a dog fight. Uh, yeah. The Eagles are coming into town. Line is set at eight and a half over under 43 and a half. And the commanders at this point in time have given up 19 sacks in three games for Sam Howell. That is fifth most in NFL history since Sacks became an official stat. How does your commanders put together an offensive game plan for a defensive line that's starting to bully the trenches? Oh, yeah. It's going to be tough. And we're actually going to their town, so they're not coming to our town. So that's that's makes it even harder. Um, you know, last year we had this, we had this, you know, lineup basically the exact same situation where it's just like, how are they going to do it? And somehow Washington pulled it off. I don't foresee that really happening here. Um, yeah, we give up a lot of sacks. Unfortunately, a lot of those are on Sam Howell, which is just not, not, not a good sign so far. Um, he has shown signs where I'm just real encouraged, but he takes a lot of sacks. I, we don't have a good offensive line, but they're not that bad. Um, and then Howell is just holding on the ball for too long. I, I, I like Philly here. I, I just, I don't think we're going to be able to really keep up with this team. One prop bet that I do really like though, is Terry McLaurin's total is at 50 and a half. And last year against Darius Slade, Terry put up 100 on him both games. Terry put up 100 his rookie year against Slay when he was in Detroit. He kind of owns Darius Slay for whatever reason. He's a, Darius Slay is a really good player, but Terry has had his number. And even, even if you go and look up Slay quotes, he even says, he's like, Terry, Terry, I just like, I don't know what's going on with him. He's just, he, he has, he like admits he can't cover Terry before. So you got him at 50 and a half. I would take the over. I know it's been kind of a down season pretty much for all Washington receivers so far. Um, but I really like that there. Um, the total is interesting. It's just like whenever I see an eight and a half point spread and only a total of 43, I'm just like, dang, they really just think they're going to kick our ass, <laughs> um, which they probably will. Um, I, I lean Philly. And I also, like I said, I like to tear you over. To put into context, because it's a great point you bring up, like the offensive line isn't great, but mm-hmm. Sam Howell is certainly a key contributor to the sack number. Sal, Sam Howell is only seeing pressure at the 13th highest rate. Yet he's been the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. You hit it right on the head right there. Like mm-hmm. he needs to get a little bit better. Eric Bieniemy needs to start helping him out a little bit more too. Um, right. How do you feel? It's been the talk of the town, the Bush push. Now the Eagles push. Where are you at with that play? People want to see it banned. Some people are talking about hurting Jalen Hurts, which is just bananas. Every I saw like Chris. I think it was Chris Sims this week was like, yeah, somebody should start head hunting. There's a Bucks fan, a, a former quarterback. Yeah, a guy who's like liver or spleen exploded in the yeah, middle of the spleen. game. I remember that. Yeah, um, a, a, an employee of a Barstool Sports and Stephen Shea was out here talking about hurting Jalen Hurts in the Bucks game. Um, where are you at with the the push and and the sort of rugby scrum that that the Eagles run? I mean, I'm pro visiting it at the end of season. Obviously, we're not doing anything mid-season, but I, I am pro possibly, you know, adjusting that rule a little bit. 
I do not condone hurting anybody, um, even if they are one of my least favorite football teams in the NFL. Um, I, I don't like seeing anyone get injured. That's just psychopath thoughts. Um, You're just not a fan of football at that point. Like, why yeah, would you want to see talented play- anybody getting hurt, but especially talented players that lead yeah. their teams? Like, you're just not a fan of football at that point. You're not a fan of football. You're making a complete ass of yourself. Um, so, yeah, I do not condone injuring Jalen Hurts. I don't blame them for doing it. It's effective. Um, as long as they can do it, they might as well do it. Every other team should be doing it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I have no problem. It's not like it's only a rule that the Eagles can do it. Everyone can do it. So until it's not against the rules, do it. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those where it's like, I wish Vince Wilfork was still in the league and could go up against this team or somebody like that. Um, I, I don't, I'm one of those things where like they found a, they mastered something and do it so well. Like, don't let them get to, third and one or fourth and one or right on the goal line. Like, yeah, I'm not going to cry a river if they ban it, but I'm also like, try to stop it. I would like them to adjust the defensive rules. Cause I'm pretty sure it's a penalty. If you push a defense, like if you're on defense and you use your push, if you push your defender mm-hmm. into them, I believe that's a penalty. Somebody might have to correct me on that. If not. Um, so they should readjust that. If the offense can do it, the defense should also be able to do it. We also need Troy Paul Mall back in the league. Just, just try to time snap and just jump right over. <laughs> LeVar Arrington. Yep. Same move. Yeah. I would, um, the only thing where it really does, I mean, it, I don't love it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's not against the rules. I don't like when it's like third and two and a half and they do it. And it's like, okay, now it's fourth and a half. Let's yeah. do it again. I don't like that. It's just like, it's <laughs> boring, but I mean, they, they're, it's, it's their right to do so. Yeah. I, once again, I don't mind them revisiting it. If they decide to get rid of it, well, that's fine. What I do mind is people bitching and complaining about it because every single team could run it if they want to. Sure. Their quarterbacks don't squat a Mack truck, um, but you could still run a version of that. Titans have Derrick Henry take the snap and push him. Like, you know how effective that would be? <laughs> it would work. Yeah. Like we could teach miles Garrett, how to take a snap, put him behind center, have him do it. <laughs> like, let's get creative with this. Stop complaining, then revisit in the off season. And they start doing that. I'll start being real pro that rule. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right. An absolute game of two immovable dog shit units in the Broncos <laughs> and bears. The Broncos defense has allowed a score on 59% of opponent drives. It's the worst in the NFL. The average is 36 against a bears offense that I don't even know why they get off the bus. Why do they roll anybody out on this offense? It is the worst thing I have ever seen. It makes no sense. You've got, you're running your quarterback late in games when the game is clearly over, but you refuse to do it when the game starts to get him going. It's just, it is an embarrassment on the bears. What do you make of this terrible, terrible game? Oh yeah. I should probably say the line. It's three and a half Broncos over under 46. It's a terrible, terrible game. Like you said. And I mean, I don't even know how the Broncos are getting a plus three and a half. I mean, minus three and a half. How are they? How are, I mean, I understand the bears are terrible. Like, don't get me wrong, but how are you giving the Broncos three and a half? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. This should be a pick them. Um, so just based on that logic, I'll take the bears, but I mean, I, I could, I could see the bears losing by a touchdown as well. I, I'm not playing this game. There's no way, but <laughs> for the sake, for the sake of putting a podcast out there, I, I'm going to go with the bears just because I don't see how you could possibly favor the Broncos by three and a half points. I just don't see it. I love the bears galaxy brain though, of like, we lost all of our top pressure guys. Let's invest in no pressure guys. And through three <laughs> games, they have one single sack. Like there are teams with players who have more individual sacks. Sure. Oh, throw the JJ Watts out there. Jalen Carter, a rookie has one and a half. He has more sacks than the entire bears defense right now. Um, unbelievable. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. My God. All right. All right. A matchup that we had briefly talked about for a hot second when I got out of order, a matchup flying somewhat, maybe under the radar, a divisional game, the Ravens Browns line is set at two and a half over under 45 and a half or 40 and a half, 40 and a half. My goodness. Um, we flagged this a week or two ago. John Hardball with the Ravens as an underdog 
23 and two in his last 25 games against the spread. That's pretty damn good, but he is facing a Browns defense. That is very good. Has a chance Mm -hmm. to be one of the elite defenses this year. They've only allowed one touchdown on 39 drives against this defense. The Ravens have been a little up and down, mostly down a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. One, don't they have a lot of injuries with this team? They go into Cleveland. How do you make this game? Do we buy into the Ravens trend or do we bucket on this one? Oh, I tell you what, it, it, it's kind of hard for me to buy into the trend here. I, I, I if it was, if it was at home for Baltimore, I, I'd feel more comfortable, but right now just things just don't seem to be clicking for them, especially on offense. Um, I'm, you know, I'm concerned there. Uh, I love Zay flowers. I, I think he's a stud. I think they need to just get him the ball as much as possible. Just, just keep getting him the ball. Yeah. I think they kind of missed on that opportunity last week uh, oh, against uh, Colts secondary that I think you and I can maybe get open against. Um, just, just kidding. <laughs> At times but, I feel like I could walk a route and maybe get, find an open hole in that secondary. Yeah. So that really, I, I mean, it really kind of bursted my confidence in the Ravens that game. It, it, it did. So Eileen Brown's here. Uh, if, if this starts to grow more than two and a half, I would definitely possibly flip it and go with Baltimore. Um, but I lean, I lean Browns and I also lean towards the under just cause I, I don't think either one of these teams are just their offenses just aren't really aren't humming right now. Um, but I will say Cleveland surprised me. I figured, you know, the first game without Nick Chubb, like this could get real, real ugly, but no, they, they played fine. This is the benefit Cleveland has. They have a fantastic coaching staff, both on the defensive side and Jim Schwartz, who has elevated this defense. Oh, yeah. And Kevin Stefanski, from an offensive standpoint, is very good. Not the best in the league, but very good um, from an offensive standpoint. This is a number that at times has popped um, to three. I, I definitely think it, it's worth you know seeing what the injury report looks like for the Ravens as kind of the week continues to move on um, because the offensive line's a little battered. You get a Tyler Lindemann ball back, that maybe changes some things here for this offensive line. Um, I was shocked as a as a Todd Munkin guy, somebody who I, I think does a really good job scheming week to week. I don't know what the game plan was last week. I don't really know what the game plan has been this year. I mean, it's a very small sample size, but just between this year and last year, Lamar Jackson's intended air yards per pass attempt has dropped two yards. That's a pretty big drop. I mean, it's gone from 8.3 to 6.3. I was shocked they did not try to push the ball more down the field. And you hit it perfectly with Zay Flowers. He's your most dynamic wide receiving option. um, And they did not seem to really push him out. Now, I did hit the number at three earlier in the week, so I'm with you. It pops to three. I think it's worth maybe sprinkling a little on there. Um, as soon as I saw it pop to three, I, I did bite just a small little nibble on that um, because I, I feel like this game could be played within, in a field goal here. Um, let's see what the offense does this week. You know, it's a much tougher chance uh, when you face Baltimore, but they've got their own problems on the back end. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think a divisional game, John Harbaugh is pretty good here. Let's see what this Ravens offense looks like. If the number jumps to three and you get a little bit of healthy report, I think it's worth a bite outside of that. I, I let it, I let it lie. Um, Bengals Titans line is at two and a half over under 41. They get a win, a big win, a must win on Monday night football, but Joe Burrow, does not look good. And it's hard to tell right now how much of it's the calf, how much of it is just him getting back into the thing, shaking off rust. I think a good amount of it is probably on the cast. I mean, on the calf, he is dead last and on target throws this season. He was third last year. All right. There's not that big of a drop off year to year. The calf is clearly playing a role in this, but Zach Taylor's got to be better. We saw him finally get Jamar chase involved in the offense, moving him around like crazy. Go figure. One of the best wide receivers gets involved in your offense and things start to pop a little. Who would have thunk? Um, The two brain cells Callahan and Taylor have, they put them together and they had an offensive game plan that worked a little bit. Congratulations, guys. You get a Titans team. They're a little down. Defense is a little rough. Um, But this is also another point I meant to bring up with the the Bengals. Folks, you don't really think about it until you have to think about it. But having a 
decent backup quarterback is sort of a must. You've got Jake Browning. Every time I hear his name, I keep going, the kid from Washington's still in the league. He was not very good in college. Oh, man, he's still hanging around. You bring in A.J. McCarron. Like, they're about to hit a stretch here with the Titans, Cardinals, before they got to play, like, the 49ers in a really tough stretch where this would have paid to have a decent backup. You could sit Burrow, get him a couple weeks off the field, and, and hang around in these games. Can't do that. You don't really have a viable option. You do get the Titans, though. Can the Bengals continue to win? Does the offense take another step, or do the Titans have this one? Yeah, I think you said it great bringing up the backup quarterback thing because, I mean, it wouldn't hurt, you know, if you could start a decent backup and just give Joe a week off, but they can't do that. I mean, it's just it's, it's a guaranteed L, and they can't afford a guaranteed L. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of in a little bit of trouble. I don't think they're really in trouble in this game. This is a Tennessee team that just scored three points. Um, I, they're just – they're bad. They can't pass the ball. I mean, they can't run the ball, and obviously, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback, so they can't pass the ball either. Um, they're bad. Bad, bad, bad. I like the Bengals here. I actually love the Bengals here. I would grab them before it moves to three because it's gone. I agree. Um, And yeah, for Bengals fans, there's got to be a lot of dread because you just look at this. The schedule gives me anxiety for Joe Burrow because you got the Titans this week. You got the Cardinals that week. You got the Seahawks. All right, three games that if you had a, a decent backup, you could consider playing them. But then you go 49ers, Bills, Texans, okay, Ravens, Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns to round up. The, like, this is the perfect time to get them some rest because you are screwed once you start hitting that midsection. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's, that's definitely a concern. I, ho- I just... I hope somehow it miraculously gets better because I, I I like watching good football teams. You know, my team's generally not very good, so I like to watch other teams that are good. This goes to the whole fact of, like, we're fans of the sport. We don't want to see guys hurt like some other people yeah. in the media. Like, I like to see top teams compete. I like to see top-tier yeah. NFL quarterbacks compete. Um, so I do hope the cap gets gets better. There isn't a re-injury here or something significantly worse because um, yeah. that, that would suck. Uh, Raiders chargers line is at five and a half over under 49 and a half. McDaniels has got galaxy brain. I don't know what the hell he was doing at the end of the game. They're kicking that field goal. Holy heck. Uh, how does this guy continue to get employed as a head coach? I, I don't feel like I've ever seen him make one single good decision as a head coach. The only time he found success was because he was cheating filming practices and he got <laughs> caught. And then they immediately started stinking again when he was with the Broncos. Like, this dude stinks. And everybody yeah. really hates him. So <laughs> he, he does stink. And yeah, he doesn't seem to be a very well-liked uh, person at all. Uh, the only thing I'll give him some credit for, because sometimes things that happen in the NFL make no sense. So they were going for the field goal. And they, they attempted it twice because they got a penalty and they were able to keep on, like, hang on to the ball. I'm glad he was at least consistent and then kicked it later again. Cause if he didn't, I would have been like, all right, what the fuck is going on? No one's brain makes any sense. So while it didn't make any sense, I'm glad he consistently didn't make any sense. Give, I get what you're saying there. That's fair. I'll, <laughs> I'll give him a little credit for that. He's um, consistent in his stupidity. <laughs> yeah. He's consistently stupid. Yeah. So that's good. Real um, dumb and dumber situation with Brandon Staley and McDaniels in this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Talk about just two head coaches in the same division that are just total jokes my goodness um it's just like do i all but then you know we go to the other side here and we look at the chargers we're like do we trust them to win by six points Ooh, i mean, i don't know um no. <laughs> i lean charge i i don't i don't trust them but i do lean them just because i think the raiders um i i think they don't really have like one of like the worst rosters in the NFL, but I think they are one of the worst teams in the NFL at the same time. It's kind of strange. It I, is just, weird. I, I don't like them. I just like, don't like they them. They have talent. <laughs> and I guess Josh Jacobs was just like, you know, and during his holdout was just like, well, I'm just going to do absolutely nothing. Cause he, he doesn't really look the same right now. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a guy who did not stay in football shape whatsoever. And you would think maybe you would. Cause like, Contract year again, sir. Um, yeah. What are we doing? Nope. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. I, I wonder at what point do the Chargers ownership and GM really start to consider, do we give Kellen Moore a shot at head coaching? Like, do we give him a shot to see what he could do? Because 
Brandon Staley ain't it. I, I had high hopes when he first started taking over. Like he made some boneheaded moves, but he was like, he seemed to be aggressive going forward at the right time. He was like, you always concerned with these defensive minded coaches. Like, are they going to stifle offenses and things like that? But then it yeah. never, it seems to have regressed year in and year out with, with this head coaching job. Oh yeah. I actually think I'm totally on board with any team where you have an up and coming assistant and your head coach is kind of a dope. Just, just get rid of them and bring up your up, up and coming assistant. Cause they're going to leave. Like, I mean, a good example is, I mean, he probably wouldn't have stayed here because he's smart. Sean McVay in Washington, he, but he knew what a dumpster fire it was. So he probably wouldn't have taken the job, <laughs> but that's a good example. I mean, we right now have Ron, I'd love for Bienemy to maybe be our next head coach, but that's not going to work out because we won't fire Ron. So we're just going to fire everyone at the end of the year instead. Yep. That, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it drives me crazy. Um, Another interesting coach and Mike McCarthy Got the, got the Patriots coming down the pipeline here. The line is six and a half over under 43 and a half. Zeke returns to Jerry world. Um, McCarthy is being very outspoken about how he wants everybody to know that this is his offense. And folks, I got to tell you outside of beating up on some bad teams, this offense isn't really humming. They had one game where the pressure was on and they needed to score and they did not look good. And now you've got a Bill Belichick team who start. He's got Zeke. They get Will Greer, who was with the Cowboys up until the last cut of training camp. So that's going to throw a wrinkle into the Cowboys game plan. Bill is obviously one of the better defensive minds the NFL has seen. He's going to throw some wrinkles at you. Do we overreact here to the Cowboys at six and a half? Are we underreacting by maybe going too hard for the Patriots. Where, where are you at with this? Um, It's tough. I, it's hard for me to see. Like you said, I, I just think the, the Belichick factor and just having a defense prepared, they're going to, you know, like you said, Dallas, they were beating up on some bad teams. It was really their defense beating up on the bad teams. It wasn't really their, even their offense doing it. So, I mean, I lean Patriots here. I mean, six and a half to me, that's a big spread in the, in the NFL. Um, So yeah, I, I, like the Pats here, but you know, it could be a get right game for Dallas. We'll see. Um, New England, Christian Gonzalez looks like a stud. Um, oh that, that, God, so good. First of all, I mean, something about New England, that is DB University of the NFL because <laughs> they just bring in guys, you know, just guys who come there, they're studs, they leave, they're not the same. Malcolm Butler, JC Jackson. I mean, you could say Stephon Gilmore to an extent. I mean, he was defensive player of the year there. Um, so, something about just being a DB, go to New England. You will you will play awesome. Yep. Yeah. He looks fantastic. The yeah. number, like if you look at just the stats alone for the Patriots, there is some regression there, which is surprising. It's only week three. They played a very tough schedule so far. So I'm not full panic mode. You're still getting used to Bill O'Brien, the play caller here for this offense. I do think this is going to be a kind of a slugfest because I I do think both these teams are going to struggle. I found it interesting because Micah Parsons is a madman. He's crazy. He's obviously very good, but the Cardinals went after him kind of like they ran at his side a lot and ran sort of directly at him. And he, he kind of got a little exposed for being almost too aggressive um, because he's like a see red go kind of guy, like full bull in the headlights. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they do with the run game. Got to get the tight ends more involved here. Um, but yeah, I, six and a half for a game that I expect that it's going to be hard to get some points. Uh, I, I kind of, I favor the Patriots there. 49ers Cardinals line is at 14 over under 44 and a half. Oh, man, the 49ers, this is a, this is, this team's a problem. How do you yeah. even begin to deal with this team? Also Trent Trent Williams at his age is still about that action. He's just out here just murking people. <laughs> Trent's crazy. He's always down to he's always down to get in, in a rumble. No doubt about it. One of my favorite um, clips of all time is him and Richard Sherman just shocking. Oh, yeah. He's like, What are you gonna? I'm gonna punch you in your face. And then he just wham. <laughs> I mean, literally, he tells him he's gonna punch him in his face. And before Sherman can even like get the word it, he says, Do it, and he's punched in the face. I mean, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, Trent, Trent's a madman. He he's definitely he loves to rumble. Um, yeah, he's a scary man, no doubt about it. I think I said this last week though, and I'm gonna say it again. If Kyler Murray's on the Cardinals, they're three and zero. I firmly 100 believe that. I, I don't think the Cardinals are really a good team, but I'll give Gannon some credit. The defense seems to be pretty good. He, he yeah. seems to have those dudes flying around, very motivated. 
Um, but I mean, 14, I can't put a, I can't bet 14 in the NFL, even though I think the Niners are fully capable of covering that this team just, just everywhere is just, just has studs, even on offense, Purdy's Purdy, just, I don't think he's like anything special, but it's basically like he doesn't turn the ball over and he almost throws for two touchdowns every game. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're just a well run, run team. Hopefully, you know, health, you know, health doesn't become a problem for them because I mean, that that's where their biggest issue is. You know, Debo Samuel just plays so hard to where he just hurts himself. I mean, it's just like, it's like almost, you almost need to be less intense, Debo. You gotta like calm down. Um, and then obviously you know, the McCaffrey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. McCaffrey. I mean, I said Raheem Mostert's best, best running back in the NFL right now, but it's probably Christian McCaffrey actually. Um, he He's just, he's playing out of his mind. Health, obviously concern. Kittle health concern, but that, that, that's what this team just needs to avoid the health, the health issue. But other than that, they are, they are awesome. I agree. This is a tough team to be And Brock Purdy. I agree. He's nothing special, but he's exactly what you need for this offense. It requires you to not turn over the ball, be on time with the ball. And that's really it because Kyle Shanahan schemes it up for you. The players they have perfectly complement each other. Like it is just a perfectly balanced team. The offensive line is a little concerning outside of Trent Williams, obviously, who's arguably the greatest left tackle the league's ever seen. Um, yeah, I'm not taking 14 in this league, but it, I'm also not betting the Cardinals at 14. I'd love that number to dip a little. It's not going to, so I could put it in a nice teaser, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. All right, Chiefs, Jets. Line is at nine and a half, over under 41 and a half. The Jets defense is talking a lot of shit for a defense that, to be quite honest, has sort of regressed a little. They're like 20th in efficiency for defense right now. They're not playing elite Super Bowl level defense. I get it. Zach Wilson's tough. The offensive line is garbage. But like maybe you help out your team, stop talking, help out your team, and give them some short fields here every once in a while. They don't seem to really be doing that. And now you've got a Kansas City team coming in who's starting to starting to get going. Yeah, they're they're going. Um, you know, I don't like a spread this big, but this is one where I kind of feel pretty good about nine and a half points, just because the Jets. I mean, they're not scoring, um, you know, the Jets defense. Yeah. They're, they're getting all frustrated and everything like acting like, you know, giving up 14, 15 points to Mac Jones is like hard. I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty standard. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Patriots aren't like, setting any offensive records here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Like congrats. You held them to 15 points. Good job. Yeah. Um, the, but the chiefs, like you said, they're, they're starting to roll. I think they're starting to, you know, separate themselves, starting to be the chiefs, you know, that we expect them to be. Um, yeah, I, I'll probably, I don't know what I, I, I have to make a wager cause it's a Sunday night game and it's the only game on. So obviously I'm going to wager something. Um, I feel, I do. I feel pretty good about the chiefs being able to beat them by double digits. I don't know if that's the wager I'm going to make, but I, I feel pretty good about it. I just don't know how, yeah. Like the offense that Andy Reed's going to throw at the jets uh, back end, like outside of sauce, like who's guarding Kelsey. Like there is literally nobody on that team that's guarding Kelsey, unless you're going to have sauce Gardner line up on him at every point. And even then it's still probably a bit of a mismatch. Yeah. I don't, how are you stopping that? Like he's going to have himself a monster game. His girl T Swift's going to be in the crowd. Apparently like this is, this thing could get ugly again. And Andy Reid's starting to get in his bag. Mahomes is starting to feel good again. It, this is, yeah, the jets, this is, I don't know what you do because things are going piss poor for them you eventually got to make a move i think a quarterback here but it's also like like i said zach wilson is tough he's not good i'm not here to be a zach wilson defender but the offensive line can't block a grandmother right now all right like we could get some <laughs> eight-year-old grandmothers out there running some swim move and they probably get to zach wilson they're not helping out either over there so like it's a it's a large problem that was the one thing we did say is like aaron Rodgers. the reason that potentially works is he's going to get the ball out quicker He'll see things quicker. Nathaniel Hackett is his guy. The offense is designed to him. You go from having that to Zach Wilson, who doesn't seem the game as quick. Who Nathaniel Hackett's sort of a one-trick pony. Like he's only really good with yeah. one quarterback. Um, so yes, Zach Wilson is a big problem. Other quarterbacks you input into that offense are gonna have more success for sure, but there are other problems outside of that. Um, I feel like we're just scapegoating Zach Wilson here for this one. 
Seahawks Giants line is one and a half over under 47 and a half. I don't have much on this game. I, the Seahawks, I don't really know how to handicap yet. They are very up and down for me. And the Giants, I am struggling to understand as a football team and the direction they're trying to take. I don't know if you have a better read on this. It's the Monday night game. I'm going to make a play. But as of right now, I'm, I'm hoping this number moves a little to make it easy for me. Yeah, I mean, right now, I, I'm definitely leaning Seattle. I, I do get a little concerned about you know them the travel they're doing there. I mean, that is a it's a long trip, but I, I outside of one half, the Giants have just been so bad. Um, now they've played some pretty tough defenses. I'll give them a little credit there. Um, even Arizona, I think they have an underrated defense, but they have just been horrific. And Daniel Jones, it, I'll give him a little bit of an excuse. He has no one to throw the, to throw the ball to. It, it's just, it's not working out. Uh, you know, Darren Waller's getting open and just dropping balls left and right. That is so, one thing I don't under. What has happened to Darren Waller? I do. I don't know. It, it's like if the ball is above his helmet, he can't catch it. <laughs> and he's like six five. That's that's what that's what you're paid for, sir. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, so until I see something out of the Giants, because I've seen a little bit out of the Seahawks this year. So I, I, I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, I think that's probably the route I'll, I'll take. I'll probably tweet it out on Monday, but I, I'm with you. It, this team I don't have great vibes with. Um, That does it for this week. Anything before we go picks that we're solidifying out, that weren't One. obvious? One thing to me that to me, I mean, I, I think I I took it. I don't even remember what my my lock of the week was last week. I'm sure it was a loser. Um, but this week, I, I I really feel good about Cincinnati at minus two and a half. I I just do. I'm with you. I, I I've I've placed a wager on the Bengals at two and a half. I've placed a wager on the um. Browns, right? You Browns? Yeah. Uh, I took. I haven't made a bet on that one yet. We're. I'm waiting for the injury report. There. I took the Bengals at two and a half. I've got the Patriots plus six and a half. Chiefs minus nine and a half. Yeah, and, Chiefs. I like. Yeah. Oh, I got the. Never mind. I, my bad. I sprinkled a little on the Ravens earlier in the week at three, but because that at three. Out, okay. Yeah. It's not out there yet. I'm not going to count it for the card right now unless it jumps back to three. Then. I bet it at three. That's that's a play. Let's see the injury report. If the injury report looks good and the number doesn't move, probably rebet it again at two, two. But I do have it at three. And then we'll we'll tweet out some more picks as the week goes on. Make sure to check out the college show. I am rocking in college football right now. We are rocking and rolling at seventy percent. That at some point, I am waiting for that to blow up in my face. But yeah. college football has been a money maker. Um, so yeah, check out the college football podcast. I got nothing else outside of that. So outside of that. Peace. <laughs>